listening to Balred Radio. My name is Matt Weston, and tonight I'm joined by my good friend Taylor. How are you doing tonight, Taylor? Doing okay. I don't know what I'm doing here still. You keep inviting me back. It's just because you're so pretty, you know? I like, I mean, SMI is very ugly. I have to have pretty people in my life. I'm just glad you look at me in my eyes whenever you talk to me. It makes me feel special. I got to talk to everybody like this because I'm very ugly, so I have to make up for it by looking people's eyes, making them feel special. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I'm, I'm I, want, that. I want them to feel like I've never felt before in my entire life. That may be the saddest <laughs> thing I've ever heard, but if you want... We can hug it out. I need to listen to some different music, you know. <laughs> what Almost, are you listening to? Oh, uh, just you know, too much Death Cab for Cutie. Too much My Death Bloody Cab Valentine. Yeah, it's made me feel very bad. And also the weather too. It's I haven't seen the sun in like four days. You know what? Just why don't you listen to some Under Oath? I hear and then they pick you up. They make you feel good about yourself. The one thing is, if I start listening to Under Oath, I may start going to church. And I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not that old yet. Dude, don't you dare make fun of that Christian rock. They were actually they came to town for it recently. Why didn't you tell me? I don't know. I didn't think about it until just now. Or maybe it's just because you wanted to hurt me. No, I just didn't think about it until just now. <laughs> but taking back Sundays in town in like two weeks. That's something that, that I never wanted to That band's never the to. same ever since they lost their other backup singer. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, Fred, I think, is who it was. I think it's because he smoked too much weed. <laughs> and what they said in an interview was... He enjoys baking too much. Gotcha. Yeah, or maybe it'd be the other way around. I don't really know. Yeah, and well, I don't own any Hollister or any American Eagle, and that's a problem if you're going to go to a Back Sunday show. I still have some Hollister that <laughs> but then again, I'm 5'6 and weigh 120 pounds, so I mean, of course, yeah. I haven't grown at all since middle school. Yeah, well, that also helps. That helps, too. As somebody who's constantly been growing and losing and growing and losing, I... I have to keep buying new stuff, and it's very annoying. But uh, anyways, this is a football podcast, I think. This is week seven of the NFL season, and, you know, I can't believe we were just so young once. You know, we're already here at week seven. And this week we're going to talk about Houston, Jacksonville, Dallas, Washington, Atlanta, New York, and New Orleans, Baltimore. And also last week with our picks, we both went 4-0. We both made the exact same picks. And right now, I'm my record's 9-3, and and your record's 7-5. And we're playing for some sort of surprise. I don't know. Maybe we'll go to Incredible Pizza Kitchen or something. Whoever wins, we'll take the other one. Does Mr. Gaddy still not exist? No, it's a strip center now. Why don't we go to like Chuck E. Cheese or something? Are we allowed in there? We'd feel uh, weird. I feel very weird. Why? <laughs> Little kids running around you. I'm sure it's okay. You'd be a monster to them. <laughs> I wouldn't even get up. I'd just sit there and eat diaper pizza. Let's just go in the ball pen now. I mean, everybody would allow us. <laughs> we'll tell all the parents to move their children out of the way. It's okay. I already have enough trouble walking past schools as it is. I don't need to have the law tell me I can't do it. I fit in too well. Yeah. Yeah, you're just a shame away from being able to walk into a fifth grade classroom. If I put a backpack on right now, nobody would say a word. Yeah, you'd just be very tall. Yeah, exactly. For the first time. Uh, so for game one, we'll talk about Houston, Jacksonville. So the Texans were 0-3. Now they're 3-3. and Now they're playing the Jaguars, who are 3-3 and as well. The Titans are 3-3. and I thought the AFC South was going to be from fun to good, and now it's just mediocre to bad all over again. And the biggest reason why is that Jacksonville has gone from a Super Bowl contender after being New England to just like just wet sheets. You know, they can't stop anybody. They can't score more than nine points unless Blake Bortles is on. They're playing like the Jets, and they've also been super up and down. I think they've scored nine points, seven points, and. Seven points in their last in their three losses and their wins they've scored like 
21, 27, 31. So they're either hot, they're cold. You know, they're a Katy Perry song on offense. Uh, so what did you see from Jackson when you watched Dallas beat up on them last week? So here's the thing that I feel like when it comes to Jacksonville. Because do I blame them a lot? They're a team that's designed pretty much to be just a run-heavy offense. Well, when you don't have your run-heavy running back in Fournette, what are you left with? You you have, yeah, maybe some Yeldon. You, you have that going, but for how long? You still don't have that boozer up the middle. So then you have to rely on Blake Bortles. Well, when you have to rely on Blake Bortles, that means something is wrong. Mm-hmm. As you saw what happened with Dallas, dude, I hated that game. I'll be honest with you. Only because Dallas loses to Houston, and we'll talk about them and all that good stuff. But they lose to Houston, and then they beat Jacksonville 40-7. to I don't know what that says about Dallas or if that says more about the Jags. Either way, though, I'm still on the wait and see whenever Fournette comes back because that's when I feel like this team is going to take off. It all just depends on when he does. Yeah, yeah. and on Tuesday night show, I talked about Jacksonville. I think they miss Fournette the most whenever Bortles is inaccurate. Because yeah. you kind of know right away with him. It's like, is Bortles going to be able to throw a seven-yard pass? Into a guy's hands, Unless or is he going to London? Speed? He's not going to be able to. I think it. he needs to go back to London to get his groove back. You know, like Stella. You know, she needs to play some basketball. <laughs> Me and new man. Do they have a game there this year? They I have believe to. So. Yeah, they they're the, like the home year. team. Yeah, so I think once he goes back to London, but you kind of know Bortles right away if he's on or if he's off, and I think that's when they miss Fournette is whenever Bortles is bad, Bortles, and he can't complete any passes and he can't throw the ball downfield. And whenever you have good Bortles, they don't miss Fournette so much. Whenever he's bad, they miss that guy. He can run between his tackles and get four to five yards every play. And Yeldon's been very good this year, but he's more of a receiver than a running back. Yeah. And But Yeldon's not like a real inside-the-tackles runner. He's more of a one-cut-and-go, uh, try-to-get-outside runner. He's not that you know boozer like you always say. It. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> it's only because I keep thinking about Carlos Boozer. Yeah. I miss him in the NBA. I plus, the NBA just started. So, of course, that's what my mind's thinking about these days. Good. <laughs> but also, going back to the point of with Blake Bortles and everything, what else do they have, though, besides Yeldon? I mean, they're receivers. They got, they're... They, well, they have Chark Jr., who's a good downfield threat. He's a rookie. Oh, Dante I mean, Moncrief's supposed to be slow. Didi, But Didi's a great cross crossing route receiver. Helen Cole's a good crossing route receiver. They, I think they already missed Austin Safarian Jenkins. They have uh, Logan Paulson. He's whatever. But I think that's I think missing Marquise Lee really hurts him now. Like I they, agree. They, like they're because their offense switched last year from run heavy vertical to spread out horizontal crossing. If it's not there, Blake runs for it. And I think it's also that defenses have caught on to him too. They're playing a lot more zone and coming. That's what Dallas did against them. They didn't play man. They played zone. They came down tackled and. Uh, Jacksonville couldn't move the ball through the air at all whatsoever in that game. No. And then whenever they went behind, they had to throw the ball even more, and then they're just throwing short and getting tackled. And I think Bortles only had, like, one first down that he ran for, too, and that's a big part of his game as well. Well, I mean, you even think about it. I haven't wrote it down. So what? At last game, 149 yards, one TD, and one interception. It was 40-7 to seven for the score. That was his whole game line? Like, that was his whole game line. So... We're not even talking about garbage time yeah. like stats here. That's what was his overall total in a forty to seven game. What the hell was he doing the whole time? I watched that game and it never felt like they were down that much too. But it also felt like they weren't doing anything. Yeah. They were just it was three and out, three and, three and out. out every single time. So you just felt like that Dallas just had control over the ball the entire game. Yeah. And that just goes back to one of you know what, I'm going to save all the Dallas talk yeah, for later. Yeah. I think, well, I think the key for Jackson moving forward from this game is, one, 
they're going to start throwing the ball downfield. Because what they did last year worked. I but love, to who? Well, I mean, like... Are you wanting them to force it? That's pretty much no, what like, they No, like, you still doing. have to take, like, five shots a game downfield. You Can know? Bortles take five shots a game downfield? Yeah, that's what he was good at when he first started his career. And now he doesn't do it all anymore. Didn't he just sign that extension as well? It was this summer, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think they, they can't, like, not throw the ball downfield. You know, they have to take some shots. They need to take, you know, five shots a game or so. And just kind of give some get some space for their running game. And then be able to run that offense that they kind of typically run. So Fournette gets back, and they can be kind of more of a power-oriented team. But in this game specifically, what worries me for them is that if they they're not going to be able to run the ball. No, Fournette's not here. Yeah, Yeldon's not between the and tackles. And me talking runners. smack about Houston last time when they were going up against Dallas, saying that Zeke was going to be able to run on them. He yeah, had 54 yards. I look like a genius. Yeah, yeah, let me tell you. But that's why I completely agree. There's no way they're going to be able to move the ball when it comes to the running game. So. Once again, we're relying on Blake Bortles here. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be a lot of run, run, shotgun pass. Can and I think also for Houston, are they gonna play tighter man coverage? Because one of the things that they did at the beginning of the year, they played seven yards off man, nine yards off man, because they're freaking burned deep, and they're giving up all these wide open crossing routes. So that Giants game, Eli Manning completed eighty percent of his passes. He can't even throw for a first down at all. And so if if Houston's playing... Granted, uh, though, 14 of those were to Saquon, and they were for like two yards. No, that was like week two. Against Houston, it was a little bit different. Okay, maybe, maybe yeah. so. It was like Odell and Sterling Shepard just ran crossing routes with nobody, with nobody within six yards of them over and over again. Yeah, I mean, it, it happened. Eli has those one shining moment games, especially in this point in his career. We can't keep jumping ship here, man. Yeah, well, we'll what, I'm saying, yeah what I'm saying is that Houston needs to play their corners up. And if they don't play their corners up, Bortles is going to have all those open crossing routes. And then also they're going to have to spy on the entire game too. You can't let them go out and run for first downs. I'm also interested in how the zone reads going to work against Houston. They've been susceptible before in the past. Clowney's super aggressive, and I think he's a really good guy to target on those zone reads. The other issue, though, is that they're down to their third left tackle. Jeremy Parnell has been bad. I don't think Houston's going to play Clowney and Wall over the guard positions at all. I think they're predominantly going to play defensive end. Whether Clowney plays against the left, left I think they're going to put Watt against the left tackle because that's their third guy, and they'll put Clowney against Parnell. And I think they're going to rush the passer really well against Jacksonville this game too. If it's the third guy, oh my lord, do I just feel bad for Blake all yeah. game then? Because well, I mean, maybe because he you're may play. move another guy over there to stop JJ, then you're going to open up for Clowney to take. Yeah, it's that's going to be an ugly game. At least Bortles can see that rusher, and I don't know for sure if Allen's going to play or not. Their backup left tackle, and he's been a lot better than you think he would have been. Uh, but the injury report's not finalized, and who knows who's going to start left tackle for him. But on the other end, though. Houston's offensive line is even worse. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson was sacked seven times last week. He had a partially collapsed lung in the Dallas game. He had a bruised lung and a cracked rib, and he was sacked seven times against Buffalo. According to Mike Shanahan, he can go in now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not at that point. He's not playing on a torn ACL just yet. That's still like the most suspicious. That was the great. <laughs> it's only because everybody said. Oh, look, he just re-injured his leg. He shouldn't go back in. Mike Shanahan, put him back. We're trying to win a playoff. Yeah, dude. what are you thinking? It kind of reminds me of Buck Hunter, whenever like, you're hunting a deer in the snow, and you <laughs> shoot him and miss, and you just like follow the blood trail all the way to the deer. And I don't know what happens whenever you find them. I watched oh. the neighborhood kid play the game when I was like 
Probably 11 or so. Well, wait. So in a game, you were supposed to follow the blood trail. And I, the you like, shoot the buck, yeah. So you never saw what happens, though, after you... I don't fall. remember. What do you, like, I don't think he ever found the deer after he shot it, whenever I was watching him play this You know game. what? What was the point of the game, then, if you never got well, you to do, saw the ending of it? And you do. If this kid was better at the game, he probably would have found the deer. Okay, so you're saying this kid is terrible, that he sucks. No, I'm not saying he's terrible. He sucks. Sure, sounds like At the like time it. I was watching him play the game, he couldn't find the deer. <laughs> but yeah, so one of the things they did for offensive line that was much better against Dallas was they moved Julian Davenport to left tackle. He was good in the Dallas game. He was bad against Buffalo. He gave up three sacks, nine pressures, and three quarterback hits. He was one up one on one against Jerry Hughes for most of the game. Jerry Hughes is like a top, you know, ten edge rusher. Houston did nothing to help him or protect him though whatsoever. He was just there on an island one on one against himself. This week, he's going to go up against a really good edge rusher, Yannick Ngakwe. They'll probably have um, Fowler against Kendall Lamb, which is a mismatch there, too. You have Kalias Campbell in the over-the-guard positions. Uh, Zach Fulton may not play this week, so you may have Campbell against Greg Manx, or Campbell even against uh, Sineo Calamente is a big mismatch. And then also Jackson's a constant defensive line rotation. So I think both these quarterbacks are kind of screwed. I think Deshaun Watson may die this week, uh, and he's – it's really going to be like a brutal game, I think, on both ends of the defense or the offenses. I, I actually say. have much more hope, though, in Deshaun Watson and the Houston offense much more than I do with Blake Bortles and Jacksonville, only because Watson seems to already be used to it. Watson yeah. knows that he has to get rid of the ball, for God's sakes. He doesn't, I, though. Yeah. And part of that's the Well, obviously, too. he can take five injuries, so what's another one to him? Yeah. But I still feel like that Deshaun is a much better quarterback than Blake, oh, yeah, so I is. feel like he's at least going to be able to get the ball down to DeAndre. DeAndre's going to have a big game. Man, DeAndre's already over about, what is he, at 650 yards already? Yeah, I think he's second to Julio. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But Julio doesn't catch touchdown passes anymore. He's allergic to him. Well, yeah, but... That's for, again, that's for the mainstream. Also, Calvin Ridley's their touchdown machine now. They yeah. don't need Julio to do that. They just need him in the middle of the field ready to go. I love Ridley, too, because he's like six foot one. Yeah, that's true. We'll, and we'll talk about him a little bit later as well. Uh, the other thing about this game in that Jacksonville game against Dallas is they do this weird thing where they just they have the two they have the best cornerback combination in football. But here's the thing: and Ramsey, Ramsey and keeps talking smack about every single quarterback in the league. His quarterback is worse. And well, that's yet, what he has to do. He has I to get that's what him. he has to do. But here's also my thing: Dallas made the defense look silly. Yeah, I mean, you could blame the offense for going three and out, three and out, all you want, but that defense still has not appeared. Maybe it's they're not having the turnovers and the scoring that they did previous, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look the same. And I get it. They're still in the top 10 in certain categories. It's just overall, it doesn't look like the same defense to me. Yeah. Well, it, it's weird for their defense because you're expecting them to regress some. They went from 15 to first in pass defense. And they're like, their DVOA compared to Baltimore is like 12 percentage better, 12 percentage points better than Baltimore. So there's a huge dump that they had. And you're expecting regression. They're also super healthy. But this year it was weird because all the injuries have happened on the offense. And then, like, the natural question has happened to the pass defense. Their run defense has been a lot better. The one thing I don't really understand about them is they have Boye and Ramsey. And they play a lot of zone coverage. Yeah. They play a lot of off-man. And it's like you're it's supposed like, to don't. have the quarters. Once you want them yeah. to man up. And don't play cover four against Dallas. Dallas doesn't throw the ball downfield. Exactly. You don't need to protect the deep half of the they field against so them. They did so many favors against And finally, they allowed Cole Beasley yeah. to break away and have a gigantic game. Yeah, because Beasley had 10 catches on 11 targets for... 
102 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Oh, yeah. And that shouldn't happen when you have no. Boye and Ramsey. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. I don't know, one, why they play off man as much as they do, and also why they play cover four as much as they do. Let your best cornerbacks play man. If they're the best corners, why wouldn't you have them go up against the best receivers and not give them the open space? Uh, I understand it's, it. It's kind of ridiculous. And also, at the same time, that's kind of the key is – we talk about how bad Blake Bortles was. This was shadowed last year. That's what got him the contract is this defense was doing the turnovers. They were getting him an easy scoring position. They were the ones doing the scoring. And now Blake is having to do everything because this defense, I mean, I didn't I didn't watch them a lot last year to, to tell you whether or not they did zone. But you, since you watch so much film and you're just so knowledgeable – were they doing this type of zone defense last year? They do at times, and you don't understand why they do it. Though they do play cover three, they do play a little bit off man. Predominantly, they play man last year, though. But why didn't the biggest thing I understand is they play man for the majority of the year. Notice in the AFC South champion in the AFC Championship game against New England, they're playing Tom Brady, and they have Boye playing eight yards off Brandon Cooks, <laughs> and Cooks is just running twelve yard comebacks, and Boye is like crying on the sideline because the scheme's not letting him do what he's good at doing. And they also have this really awful, you know, pass interference penalties on them that you know yeah. Patriots turn to easy yards too. But yeah, I really don't understand why Jacksonville's defense corner does it. The only thing I could think of is that DJ Hayden missed last week. He's their slot corner. Tyler Patman replaced him. Tyler Patman's one of the worst cornerbacks I've seen. <laughs> and and there's no reason why they played zone to try to hide him. But still, like you don't have your defensive tackles drop back. You don't do those sorts of things. And Patman being, you know, as bad as he is, that's not a good enough reason to, you know, go to such a cover four heavy scheme and play your guys as far back and just allow Dak to throw those short little crossing routes against them. Yeah, no, exactly right. And that's why it was just silly because they played right into Dallas's hands. And once again, they made the Dallas offense look just phenomenal when we all know it's a great big phony. Yeah. However, I, okay, so I'm going to let you, since this is your game, who do you have before I tell you my pick? All right. Well, I have Jackson winning 2017. Okay, that makes no sense. You just talked <laughs> so much smack about him. You then built up a little bit of your team better than what you did with the Jags. And then you're picking against them yeah. and picking the Jags. What, 2017 you said? Yeah, I had 2017. Man, what a, what a fan. I can feel your fandom from I'm here. Tara, and I sit Tara, in right across. I'm an analysis. I'm an analyst. <laughs> I'm an analyst. Uh, I'm a very smart football thinking man. I wear glasses. I got a cute little hat on. I got uh, a big gray sideburns, you know? I I don't... Man, I'm disappointed. <laughs> but, okay, so you had 2017? Yeah, I had 2017. Okay, because I'm not a Houston fan, this is going to come as no surprise. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars winning, but I have it at 24-21. Have it a little bit of a higher score than you. Yeah, I think it's going to be even less points than we have it at. But it's the NFL, and so teams score points. I just think Jacksonville's pass rush is going to be really like spectacular. I think it's going to be almost unbearable for Watson. The Texans had a defense, an offensive DVOA of negative 64.8% against Buffalo, and that's like some of the worst you'll ever see at all. And that wasn't even up against a defense as good as uh, Jacksonville's is. So I think the pass rush me, you know, Inseparable. Also, it's in Florida, so I'll be at home wearing cut-off jean shorts, you know, ready to rock and roll. 
I got some pink flamingos in the yard. I'm super excited for this game. You are the worst fan I have <laughs> ever listened to. You, how can you call yourself a Texans fan? You're just I'm an analyst, Taylor. You, you are complimenting the Jacksonville. You I would, just like football. I'm not like the Texans. So like, it's football number one. The Texans, you know, here. I'm just man. I feel bad for everybody else. I just I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Only because you're supposed to be the Texans guy, and yet. You bash him. And I'm, not- I'm supposed to be the basher here. Okay? And before we end this segment as well, I do want to say one more thing. Bill O'Brien's worst head coach in the league. That's it. That's yeah, all I wanted to say. That's fine. Uh, I bet, Also, I really hope that this is a preview for a Week 17 AFC South Championship. I've been waiting like three or four years for this to happen, and Tennessee keeps screwing it up. Hopefully, Tennessee has no control over this. We get Houston-Jacksville in Houston for the AFC South title game. And if that happens, I may have to like – uh, put some you know credit card rewards to use and go to that game for sure. It's like what I told you last week, though. Man, Mariota's the worst. Titans are easily going to fall off. They scored zero points last week. I mean, <laughs> come on. This is that's why I'm actually a little bit more surprised than you because with the Texans, this is kind of a big game because this is controller. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think the Titans are going to be able to stay put. I feel like whoever's going to win this game is kind of going to be your winner of the season. Maybe. But it's still only a one game. It'd be four and three versus I, three and four. It's still early. Either way, though, I think you said it as well. It's going to come down to these two teams. I hope so. I hope it's like they're both eight and seven, week 17, <laughs> AFC South title game. Man, as a Cowboys fan speaking, you don't want that feeling. Yeah, I then do. you're. Even if they lose, it's all I've ever wanted. No, no. It's all I've ever wanted. It's the worst. All I've ever wanted is an AFC South title game. We may finally get it. Um, So anyways, we'll we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. And we're back. So now we're going to talk about the Dallas-Washington game. Uh, I don't want to talk about this game at all. And for some reason, yeah. I just, I just don't like. What's, what's the I've problem? Been I, hold on, hold on. You talked about how you love Washington colors. I like their colors. So I don't like Washington play football though. Yeah, Dallas. Okay, whatever. You're not a fan, but I mean, again, you have your colors. That's something. I do like the burgundy. And you got a rivalry here. What are we talking about? I'm just tired of the NFC East, where every team is you know talented but mediocre. Yeah, but that's what. Okay, we're talking about the same. The Texans are in a division that is very similar to what Dallas is in right now. To where both sides, I don't think we're going to have a wild card in any of these divisions. No, and no I way. feel like it's going to be the controller of whoever wins. And it's going to come down to the last week. No matter what for both Who's of these Who's Dallas teams. playing Week 17? Honestly, I know. I think it may be Eagles again. I want to say it's Philly again. Maybe we may have to look that up. I haven't checked what the last week is. Well, because wasn't that like at three years in a row where Dallas played at yeah. Like 17 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, lo- I love those game. moments. <laughs> Did they win any of those games? No, I think we lost every single one I think of we them. lost three of them in a row. Yeah, so <laughs> it's not something I really like to talk about. Either way, I'm really excited for this game, only because this is the controller. Oh, that's a bummer. Cowboys-Giants, uh, December 30th. So it's going to be Actually, that could not be a bummer Eagles. because... It could easily be Dallas needs to beat the Giants in order to win the division, yeah. and then the Giants beat Dallas because that's what the Cowboys do. And then the Redskins beat the Eagles for the, the NFC East. See, stop it. Like You're that. making me talk negativity here. Now I sound like you with the Texans. Okay, back to the positive things. Last week what Dallas did, I hated. Only because 
40 to 7. Where was this team? I mean, they went up against the Texans, and there was nowhere near what they showed. The offense was finally doing what I've been saying the entire time is you're running bootlegs, you're running read options, you're letting Dak be yeah. Dak instead of just having him throw it downfield. It was wonderful to watch, but are they going to be able to do it again? I mean, I think so because they finally did what they you'd mentioned all year and what we've talked about is get Dak in space and use him as a runner. In this game, he had 11 carries for 82 yards, one touchdown. He had a long run of 28 yards, a lot of play action, a lot of bootlegs, a lot of scrambles. And it, that game is so weird <laughs> because I almost choked like a frog grabbed my Adam's apple. They scored 40 points and Prescott threw for 183 yards. Yeah. It makes zero sense. But that's what the beauty of it is, and it's because everyone expects the quarterback to put up all of the points, to have the four TDs, to be the Patrick Mahomes, the Tom Brady, and everybody talks smack to me about Dak. This is what Cowboy fans say whenever they believe in him. This is the type of offense you have to run for him to be able to be successful. Great, we understand you have the two-punch with Zeke on the side. But it's Zeke and him. It's not just Zeke. Because when the teams then try to just cancel out Zeke, all prepare, line up 11 in the box, go after him only, Dak is also a runner. Mm -hmm. And Dak can play into that. And then it makes the defense panic to then open up the runs for Zeke. It's the way to play with this type of quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, like Dak is like this. And like Bortles is like this. Uh, and I, and it's kind of like you're playing Madden on like a difficulty one level too high for you. Yeah. And so like you're like, well, I, I get sacked. I can't throw the ball fast enough. So I'm just going to run it. And run I'm just going to run. Action. I'm going to soup up my guy to the stat of Michael Vick whenever. No, no souping up stats. Well, wait. You're I soup up stats. No, I'm so. saying you don't soup stats Oh, you up, play fair. Got and you it. play fair. And you're just playing one level too high for your skill level. And so it's just like you're just trying to win 2014 every game. 2010. <laughs> And you're running play action, just run the ball up the middle, and just like hoping you can play good enough defense. But that's our offense, and that's why when everybody said, oh, you need to have a number one receiver, or when Dak came out and said, we don't need a number one receiver, this is what they're talking about. It, but it bothers me that I've seen this now every other game. Would you trade for Amari Cooper if you're Dallas? What am I giving up? Second round pick. Yeah, done. Do it in two seconds. What's the most you would give up for him? I would probably do the same thing I said about Earl Thomas. I do two number twos. Two number twos. I, I still wouldn't do a first round because this is his last year on his rookie deal coming up. Either way, I mean, if Dallas gets a guy on their team, especially with a guy like Amari Cooper, and he were to perform with the guys, I just don't think Dak needs it. It's like what we're talking about right now. It's Dak being able to run the ball as well. Is Amari Cooper going to make that big of a difference? I think it'd be kind of how Dez was, where he just needs a guy who can throw the ball up to him the sideline and say, "Okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to take three, five of these shots a game." It keeps the safeties back a little bit, and then if I hit that, if I hit two of them, that's at least six points right there, and that's a big, that's a big thing to be able to have for an offense. Which well, is it's two the throws. distraction as well to have yeah. somebody guy where the other team has to plan for and say, "Well, now we got to send somebody else over there as well." Yeah, I just. But Cooper may also be Roy Williams, too. Exactly right. Oh, man, I hope Amari Cooper wears those gloves, too. If he can get <laughs> himself a pair of gloves, I think I'd be a big fan. Yeah. But if it's two number twos, I'm in for the Amari Cooper. 
but that's the most I'm going. No first. Okay. What's your NFC East power rankings right now? For like just top to bottom here yeah. on who's and not including record, just like who you think the best teams in the division are. Okay. It's Dallas, Philly, Washington, New York. I mean, that's that's how I see them lined up. I don't think Washington is that great of a team. I think Jay Gruden is not that great of a coach. I think he's as like average of a coach as you can get. Okay, who's a better coach, John or him? He's better than John. Okay, that's what I was going to say. The problem with John is it's not even him just being a coach. It's that he's the general manager, too. And he's obviously not a good general manager. No, he's... Well, we'll see. Because, again, with the 10-year contract as well, and like my theory of the reality TV show stuff, he's going to have the draft picks. So it's at least the wait and I think see he, type of I think thing. For, I think the thing with him is now it seems like he wanted to completely rebuild the team to be his team. Like, he didn't want to take over somebody else's team. He wanted to build his own team from scratch. And so everything that's going on there is just like him bulldozing the whole thing. And whether it works out or not, I don't know. I can't say. But it hasn't worked out really at all so far. For me, though, I want to now talk about the Cowboys defense. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. This is what every Dallas fan has been waiting for. Because I'm not going to lie. As much as I hated last week with the 40-7, to the one thing that has been consistent Man, that defense. Oh, my Lord. Jalen Smith is the real deal. I think so, too. No matter. He's gone a lot fat. Like, if you watch him from week two to now, with last he's gone year, a lot faster. I was actually upset with him last year because I remember watching him being like, man, he doesn't know what to do with coverage. He's not quick enough. He's just, he's kind of lost out there. This year, oh, my God. I think he's gone faster this year. Like, as he's played every the week, The one hit on Deshaun Watson, I felt truly bad for Watson on, only because... That was his fault, though. I didn't think Smith was that fast. Yeah. He came from the other side of the field to hit him, and he hit him hard. Yeah. I felt bad for Watson during that moment, but, I mean, I've been impressed. With Demarcus Lawrence already has five and a half sacks, and also Byron Jones. Does Dallas have a top cornerback finally? I don't, I don't know. Because like, I, mean, I know like Pro Football Focus rated him, has him ranked the best cornerback oh, in football. He's on a lot of top fives. Yeah. So I am – well, the quarterbacks are not throwing to his side of the field. And when they are, he is still being – he's not following. He's not doing anything like that. He is just shutting down one side. Yeah. So, I man, I can't believe that I have a linebacker now – a cornerback, and then a defensive end in DeMarcus Horns. I, I'm loving it. It's always awesome to have like one great player at each level of your defense. Yeah, exactly. And the thing, too, is with Van Der Esch, if Van Der Esch gets, I think he's too slow to be really good. Last game, he did a lot better with coverage, but you and I watching the Houston game, that's the only thing he needs to improve yeah. on. If he improves on coverage, he's going to be the real deal. And just to let you know, that means bye-bye Sean Lee. Yeah, Because maybe. this would be finally the time where... Dude, I love you, Sean Lee. I have been a fan. I have always believed you as a top linebacker, top three linebacker. But he's never healthy. Yeah. I mean, he's still out, I believe. Yeah, and it helps out, too, because, like, you know he's going to be out. I don't know what his contract situation is, so I can't really speculate on that. I, I think maybe what this they would be the last, if not this year, next year. Yeah, and even if you give him on a cheap deal, the Dallas defense is still really good with him. And, like, having three lineback- three good linebackers is a good thing. Uh, I mean, for this game, specifically with Dallas' defense, really it's more about Washington. Is Alex Smith going to throw the ball downfield? Whenever he throws the ball downfield, their offense scores some points. Whenever he doesn't, 
they're a waste of time. There's no reason to watch them. Against that Carolina game, he made two or three good downfield throws. That kind of carried their offense for the rest of the game. That was all they needed. And that's really kind of like what their entire offense depends on is if Alex Smith is going to be a big scaredy baby or if he's going to be a big, brave, strong man, be the cowboy and throw the ball downfield. What if I told you that Washington had a top 10 defense? Would you believe me? Yeah, I believe you. Because they do. By what metric? Are you it's, yards or points? No, 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 no. We're talking we're eighth in points. Okay. Fifth in yards. I like yards though. Ninth in I can pass. Do points. Sixth in rush. Okay. So the flip side of that, which is really funny to me, is you know what the Dallas offense is going to be. Uh, I, I wrote it down here with the Dallas offense. They were oh all in the twenties when it came to points. Twenty fifth yards. Twenty ninth pass. Twenty fourth. The only thing they were ahead in was rushing when they're second. Now, Washington's offense is pretty much the exact same as the Dallas offense, besides gotcha. rushing as far as being in the 20s. Same thing with Dallas, and yet both teams' defense are in the top 10s. Yeah. This is kind of funny because is it what offense is going to screw up? We have Alex Smith, like you said, throwing the ball downfield. He has to. Is it both quarterbacks are going to have to throw the ball downfield? Somebody has to. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch, a rivalry especially. We got pretty similar teams because Dak and Alex Smith. See, now I'm kind of excited watching. Yeah, I mean you got both sides of the coin here. Yeah, I won't be. Are they playing at three or twelve? It's three thirty. Okay. It's actually the afternoon game, which is disappointing because everybody knows Dallas and Washington should be the late night game. Yeah, I'm fine with three. I may actually watch this game at three. I rarely watch the three o'clock game. I usually go for a walk, but I may watch it at three o'clock this time. Uh, I think the one thing. Thanks, thanks for doing that. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, I got a big girl dog. I got to take yeah. out. The one thing that may, I think the thing's going to swing this game, well, the two things, like I mentioned, Alex Smith, is he going to throw the ball downfield or not? It's kind of like Bortles, where, like, you know if you have good Bortles or bad Bortles. You kind of know if you have, you know, Cowboy Alex Smith or, I don't know, what, the, what would be the opposite of Cowboy Alex Smith? Indian Alex Smith? No. I mean, like, just, like, be, like scared. Like, scared. Maybe, like, a claustrophobic Alex Smith. I don't know, but like the scaredy cat version of Alex Smith, whatever that is. I don't know if, what you're saying right if now. He, like, I think you kind of know right away if Alex Smith is going to be aggressive throw the ball downfield or if he isn't. If he throws the ball downfield, they have a shot. But also Washington's run defense it has a run defense DVA of 8.8%. That's 30th in football. They're going against the top five rushing attack. So Dallas yeah. should be able to run the ball on him. And so I think there's going to be the two differences is if I don't think Alex Smith is going to throw the ball downfield. And I think he, I think Dallas should be able to run the ball on, on Washington. And their run defense should be better, but their pass defense has been very good. Okay, when it comes down to, for me, with Washington, I think I fear Washington a lot more if they have Chris Thompson in this game. If he's been limited at practice all week, I'm not sure if he's going to play because he was limited at practice all last week. And all Jay Gruden keeps saying is he's day-to-day. Yeah. So if Chris Thompson plays, I think I fear this team a lot more. Because, by the way, even with him sitting out last week, he is still their their leader in when it comes to receptions. He had 26. Next closest one is Reed with 20. So I think they need Chris Thompson in this game. If they do, I fear them. If they don't have them, I think Dallas is going to steal this one easily. Okay, so what's your final score for this one? Final score for this one, because it's rivalry. I actually have Dallas 21. I have Redskins 17. So I have 
You picked Jackson in the previous game, right? Yeah. God, are we doing this See, again? Okay, all right. This is the whole thing, though. I have you're not, not supposed down. to pick Dallas. I have That's the, down, Why right? would you pick Dallas? And you're because not even picking the Texans. I have Dallas winning 2013. And going back to, like I said, I don't trust Alex Smith throwing the ball downfield. And I think Dallas is going to run the ball on Washington. And also, I think Dallas's offense can continue to be good if they keep using Prescott as a runner, if they keep using on bootlegs, if they keep using on play action if they keep running the zone read. And so I think they learned how good it works last week, and they'll continue to this week. I hate you. What's your score? I have 2013, you have 21-17. <laughs> I don't... We would, we would, well, maybe that's my... Let's see, I have a four-game advantage, so I'm just going to pick the same games as you from here on out. That doesn't even make any sense. So I can end up winning this thing at the very end. Uh, so the next thing we're going to talk about is Atlanta, New York Giants. Uh, so why did you pick this stupid game? Because I know how much you would hate it, and that is why. And also, how the hell is this the Monday Night Football game? Because they at make this, these picks at so this far point, change it. At this point, change they it. Can't change Washington, night, Dallas though. at the Monday Night. We'll just flip flop these teams. Because here's the other thing, though. I'm a little excited, only because Saquon is on my fantasy team, so I got a Monday Night game to watch. But that's pretty much my only excitement. But I wanted to pick this game only to drive you crazy. So, would you like me to go into it a little bit more about each of the teams, or would you like to start this one off because I know how excited you are? Well, the one thing that I've noticed about these teams during this game, like how they match up, is play action. I love how when Land runs play action, Ryan's super good at it. They're really good throwing the ball to the center of the field. Uh, you know, Hulu Jones, Ridley's hurt, but I bet he plays this week. And even if he doesn't, Sanu's awesome. Hooper's really good. They have running backs they can catch. And the Giants have always had the linebackers. Ogletree's been good, but their safety play has been suspect. I know Collins is like a great, like, you know, like doing everything sort of safety. Uh, but Riley has been very good in coverage, even though he's a hard hitter. So I think Atlanta should be able to throw the ball downfield as center field on play action. So Atlanta's play action offense, nine yards of play, which is 11th. New York's play action defense, 9.3 yards of play, which is 24th. And also non play action plays. The Giants are only giving up six yards of play, and that's the fourth highest difference in football on play action versus non-play action plays. So I think that's kind of the key mismatch here. If Atlanta, you know, runs a lot of play action, which I think they will, they'll be able to hit deep enough to you know be able to score more points than what Eli Manning can produce because Manning is he's not even hit or miss. He's like nine percent miss, ten percent hiss at this point. Ten percent miss at this point in his career. I honestly came in well, even picking this game. I was wanting to look up Atlanta stats and talk a lot of crap about Matt Ryan because I've never been a gigantic fan. Dude, and then you realize the you Atlanta's can. offense is really good this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It's their defense is such garbage. Atlanta's offense is averaging twenty-seven points a game. You know what that means to them though? They're like seventh. In Ab- football. Yeah, it means absolutely nothing though because their defense gives up thirty-one points per game. Yeah, that is absolutely insane, and you feel kind of bad, Matt Ryan is 1,956 yards. That's a lot. He has 14 he's teams and two interceptions. He's going to throw for 5,000 yards. And by the way, they're 2-4 and four in their division. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. If the Falcons were 4-2 and two instead of 2-4, would Matt Ryan be an MVP candidate? Yeah, he really would be. And I, again, I did not believe that looking up the stats and going into this game, I am now truly surprised and believe he would be. It's kind of disappointing because just like what we talked about whenever we were making the comparison of DeAndre, 
Julio's having a good year too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have the touchdowns, but his touch, yards, touchdowns aren't cool. Yeah, you know? well, yeah. They're I'm not cool. Overrated, let yeah. me tell you about it. Like, you know what's cool? Receptions, first downs. Yeah. Getting 60% of your yards on first downs. But 44 receptions, Success 708 rate. yards. Yeah. That's insane. And also, Austin Hooper, what a wonderful year he's having now. He's emerging with 30 receptions, 273 yards, and he has two TDs. So, I mean, it's so disappointing that they have so many different weapons. Calvin, Calvin Ridley, I'm not even mentioning. What does he have, six TDs? I think six. Yeah. So, this offense is the real deal. The only thing, though, that I think may be holding it back, do you think they'd be better if Devontae was healthy? Uh, I don't think there's that much difference because between him Tevin and Coleman. Col- but Tevin Coleman is averaging only about three and a half yards per carry. Uh, I, don't, I just don't think there's that much of a difference between the two. It's not like that would be the big difference. The problem is their defense is injured. And also, like, it just has never been good. Like, it's gotten good, like, at the end of last year it did. At the end of the year before they made the Super Bowl it did. But it's weird because they're super young, and then you always expect, oh, this is the year they become great. And it never happens. And the weirdest thing about it is that in this postmodern NFL where it's all about speed and guys can play every position – and fluidity, the Falcons have exactly that. Yeah. Uh, they have the defense everybody says you're supposed to have to be good in this versus NFL, and it's never been very good. Now, granted, their defense is has succumbed to some injuries here because they were kind of coming into this year believing that some of their third-year guys in Deion Jones and Keanu Neal were going to be able to – Because Neal's out for the year. Yeah, same thing with and Jones, actually. I think actually. Poole's out for the year, too. Yeah, so, I mean, they had these guys expecting to have Pro Bowl-style years, yeah. and yet they got injured. So, they do have something against it. It's just even with those injuries – But even in the past, it still has never clicked together fully. And But also, too, I mean, they just got done. Hell, they re-signed Trufant and Al – I think they re- even re-signed Alfred. But either way, Trufant was saying a couple weeks ago that they were needing to get it together after another bad loss. Man, your defense is bad. Yeah. And you're supposed to be one of their top guys that everybody fears, at least as far as cornerback goes. And nobody fears his defense. It's depressing. And Matt Ryan is doing all he can. I don't think anybody can blame the offense on this. And isn't Dan Quinn a defensive coordinator? Yeah, he was one of the defensive coordinators in Seattle. That's what I mean. Yeah, so how I, – I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it with Atlanta after looking everything up. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Yeah, because you can't just blame injuries because even with the same players, yeah. it has never been that good. They, I think where they miss really, really miss Deion Jones is they have a lot of running backs covering – they had Campbell against uh, Cameron Bray twice last week. Gave up two touchdowns. Oh, my God. And they also have him out wide in coverage, in press coverage against Bray. And that's a terrible matchup. Campbell's like a big run-stopping, edge-stopping defensive <laughs> end. You don't want him in coverage. Typically, Deion Jones would be in that role. And they can't really play two linebackers and teams spread things out. The other problem I think they have, too, is that I think Beasley's supposed to be their big pass rusher. This year, he only has 14 pressures. And he's a one-trick, he's a one-trick player. He's going to speed rush, and he's going to edge rush, edge rush on the outside against your tackle. He doesn't have a counter. He can't bull rush because he's too small. And if he can't get around you, you know he loses every time. And so if a slower tackle gets a quick jump, if they take a deeper pass set, they're able to you know mitigate that constant edge rush that he uses over and over and over again. And so I don't think Beasley's ever going to be ever going to have that like 20-sack season he had two years ago too. So my question for you before we move on to the Giants real quick here. Do you think that Atlanta pulls like kind of turns it around in this season? Do you I, think that with this offense being as good as it is, 
that somehow they're going to flip a switch on the defense? Because if you got to think about it, the defense has to be mediocre. They would need to be mediocre, yeah. and they would be a good team. They'd be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. So, do you think the defense, even with their season injuries, could turn into something decent? Or you think that they're kind of lost hope? I think they're like the 2014 Saints, where they're like a fun, bad team, where they're going to go 7-9. and nine. They're going to score a lot of points, give up a lot of points, but they're not going to win enough games to, to matter. Uh, do you think Atlanta ever becomes like a Super Bowl team again? Can they ever capture no. that feeling they had once before? No. So that's just one of those things that happen will never happen again. I feel so bad because the, the reason why I tell you no, but also this year, again, like I said, I'm complimenting Matt Ryan. It bothered me when Matt Ryan came in the next year after they lost that Super Bowl saying, I watched that tape over and over every single day of the summer, and then I finally stopped because I knew it was a new year. Man, you watching that tape every single day of the summer, that is not going to do well for anybody mentally. Yeah. If I watch something that I did horribly wrong over and over and over again, I'm not going to feel okay about myself. Yeah, Hell, it may stick with me for even longer. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like having an ex-girlfriend just ring all the old text messages yeah, exactly. and then finally deleting them. Like, she I'm was, ready. Yeah, yeah. She was so horrible, but you miss her so yeah. much. And all you do is look at the positive messages from her. Yeah, yeah. That's all you're going to do. But I do want to flip the coin here and talk about Giants because I love talking about the dumpster fire the New York Giants are. I think it's great. It's great TV for me. And finally, in the NFC East, at least all of us have somebody to laugh at. And this year, once again, it's New York. Yeah. However, man, do I love Saquon. I think they have something special. I think I went into it whenever they picked him in the draft thinking, no, he's not going to be that guy. This isn't like a Zeke situation. But it's not a Zeke situation. He's different. Mm -hmm. He can do a little bit of everything and... With Eli struggling so bad on that offensive line, Saquon doesn't need a good offensive line in order to produce. Yeah. It's just impressive. And I think he can even be better than he is, too. Yeah. And we talked about watching him last week. Is you know He tr- he turns like... He makes runs harder than they need to be, yeah. and his vision can improve. And there's a lot of just like cut back the other way into you know the middle of the field and try to get everything outside and breaking you know seven, seven different tackles. Like, I think... I never really watched Barry Sanders play, but I remember having then my dad talk to me about what it was like to watch Barry Sanders and watching him. The same senses are going in my head that he gave me whenever he watched Barry Sanders. This like is he's that what level. They, everyone has been talking about. You Barry can't Sanders. tackle him on the first attempt at all. You can't. Everybody Unless you're like misses. Julius Peppers. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's impressive because I mean his numbers. Look, we're talking 84 attempts when it comes to rushing. He's averaging 5.2 again with that line. 5.2 is his average. I wonder where like Goldman's numbers are. Yeah, I, I bet he. I bet Goldman's average is like 3.4. I did not look up his numbers because I don't think it's I'm, always good. To, like if you have two running backs, to look at the averages of each one because they're in the same situation. But the only one I care about is Saquon. He's beautiful. It just gives to you like watch. an idea of how much better. You know, Saquon why don't you is. look up the second rate? Okay, I'll look up first best here. Okay, <laughs> this is no facts. Are, are you gonna let me continue? Good yeah, lord, man! Talking about second rates over there. All right. So when it comes to Saquon, even his receptions, forty of them, he's at three hundred and seventy-three yards, and he has two TDs for those. He's already over eight hundred yards total. And again, we are people give Coach McAdoo. He got fired for making the worst call ever of sitting Eli. 
Eli has been struggling horribly this year, and he is supposed to have all of these young weapons. They're yeah. good receivers. They are good receivers. They're I good mean, skill players. Wonderful. Even his tight end is coming back Ingram this week. Yeah. So he has everything. And Saquon is still rushing the ball for a 5.2 average. Granted, he's had some big runs. It's just, yeah, it just makes like, you question Eli. Well, yeah, and Barkley's his run numbers are kind of skewed because it's either like three yards or it's 35 yards, you know? Yeah, He's exactly. not like constantly like – he's not like – his no. success race is low, but he's been a little boomer bust. It's a lot like how Todd Gurley was his rookie year too where he was super boomer bust that season. Uh, so should Eli Manning retire? Okay. Here's the thing, though. I looked up who their backup quarterback is, and I I wrote it somewhere. It was like it started with like an L. It was Lily. Oh, Laletta. Do you know who Laletta is? Yeah, is that, that their second string quarterback? Yeah, I don't know who that is. Either he's from some, he's from like some super small school, and all the draft nerds liked him. Really? Yeah, they liked him. All right. Either way, that's their back. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, maybe he's a they, rookie. Maybe they believe in him. Either way, yes, Eli has to retire. I mean, what else? He has six TDs, four, inter- four interceptions. I mean, yeah, he has 1,600 yards, but, dude, he has so many different and weapons. I feel like all those came against Houston, too. <laughs> Again, you're talking horribly about your team. They gave up 80% completion percentage to Eli Manning. The only thing he can complete is like one hand passes to Odell Beckham, and that's really it. By the way, speaking of Odell Beckham, did you like how what John Mara said? No. He said this week that he needs to stop talking and play on the field already. There you After go. the interview, and do you really think Odell is going to say something back to John Mara? I really hope that he does, only because he just signed that $92 yeah. million dollar contract, or was it 96 Either way, There's something ridiculous. I want you to tell Boss, shut the hell up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, watching him like t- like make out with the cooling fan was a little bit too much, you know. I didn't watch that. When did he? He was like hitting his head against the cooling fan, like yelling into it. You know, like when you're six and you make the echo in the fan, it's super fun. That was what he was doing, like in the middle of that game. Do people like a part of his entourage tell him, "Dude, that is so funny, man! What a good idea! Like that was awesome." I don't know. Like that's just horrible friendship. I yeah. mean, you're lying to the guy. Or unless they're doing like a lot of cocaine and it's the the cool ideas they come up Definitely with. Definitely cocaine. And then you get so, and then they're models. sober and it's a bad idea. Yeah, I've seen that video too. Um, seen a lot of those videos. Yeah, there's some of those videos. <laughs> the last thing about this game that I think matters is that the Giants are 27th against wide receivers number one in DBOA. This should probably be a big game for Julio. I just think Atlanta's offense is too good. And as bad as their defense is, you have, you know, slow, slow brain Eli Manning who can't complete a pass on the other end of it. So I have Atlanta winning 34-17. I hate you so much. <laughs> it's not even, you know what? I may switch my pick for, oh my God. I think this is, we may, I don't think we're going to be different on the next one. Okay, either. okay. But here's the, here's the thing. I have Atlanta 38-27. <laughs> like I wrote that. Yeah, I wrote this too. I wrote this too. Dude, I may switch my pick at this point, man. You're going to... Whatever, whatever. We're just you know going to go 4-0 again. We're going to you know, wait. Well, I think what we should do oh. next week is start picking with the spread. I don't want to pick with spread. I oh. think that will kind of make, switch this up. No, I don't want to switch it up. I think well, this will lead us to having the same picks every time. You can't tell me what to do. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back after this 
last one we have. Okay, and we're back. So the last game we're going to talk about is New Orleans-Baltimore, which is the 3 o'clock CBS. Um, it may be on Fox. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. Wait, no, no, no. Because I feel oh, like... Oh, wait, it is the early one. Because CBS had the doubleheader, so this would be on Fox. Man, I really hope it's on Fox. That'd I hope this is the afternoon game on Fox, and then Dallas is the 12 o'clock game. No, it's not, though. But Dallas so they're both the on at 3, then. Wait, so are they in the afternoon? Man, you got to look up the time. I know this game's at 3. Okay, well then either way they're not on Fox and that goes to Dallas. Yeah, they're on Fox and then yeah. Dallas is on instead. Um, so Joe Flacco, is he back? Oh, <laughs> Wacko Flacco is here. This is the playoff quarterback that everybody has been waiting for. That supposedly signed that big contract. That this he signed guy- two big contracts. Well, this is the guy that we were all waiting for, and all you had to do was finally just draft a first round QB. You didn't have to like that first round QB. They should have done this like three every years year? ago, just every single year. Hey, Joe, we didn't like the production, man. Yeah. We think that you're losing the step because again, now he's finally turning the form. But let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He has some major weapons. He's got Snee, he's got Brown, he's got Crabtree now. Crabtree finally caught another touchdown. Crabtree last week. was awesome last week. Yeah. And he was just one on one against Malcolm Brown. He beat him consistently. And the thing is, when it comes to Crabtree, the only thing that hurts him is his drops. Yeah. I mean, everything else is just fine because they do have that chemistry. And Alex Collins finally didn't fumble, I don't believe. And I think he had two yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, he had two touchdowns. So, yeah, at least one. I remember one. I think it was two. Because uh, yeah. when it came to Tennessee, obviously they're going to switch it into the running game. Yeah. But Wacko Flacco is for real. Do you think he's back? This is the best he's played since 2014. And he's 33 years old. And, like, he's actually playing well right now. Because, like, the previous, like, three years, he was the least valuable player in football. When you think about his, con- his cap hit was like $21 million each year. He was finishing like 33rd in DVOA. And for the importance of the position he played, he was what was holding back a Baltimore team that had a really great defense, a fine rushing attack, a good offensive line. Maybe not the best receivers. You know, Mike Wallace didn't work out there. Some of the other deep downfield uh, receivers they had didn't work out. And now, like with John Brown, with Crabtree, with Marshall Yanda back and their offensive line, being probably the best offensive line they've had since, you know, 14 as well. Uh, he's been, you know, really awesome so far this year. And just, like, even his numbers, like, he's completing 63% of his passes. He has his highest QBR since 2014. In 2014, that was when Gary Kubiak was the offensive coordinator, and he just ran play-action bootlegs over and over and <laughs> over again. And he was great at it. And so now he has a, a confident running attack, and he's just, like, completing a lot of third downs, too. Like, in that Tennessee game last week, it was, like, third and seven. It's like, okay, here's Crabtree for, you know, 10 yards or whatever. And they run these really long drives, too. Yeah. And, like, I'm glad Flacco's good again. It's more fun. Are you glad? Because usually people don't like Wacko Flacco. I don't – it's not that I don't like Flacco. It's that he was, you know, a lot worse than he should have been, you know. Like, he had, like – like, he was – he got paid way too much to be as bad as he was. I agree. More like he kind of sat on it. And spun, if you know what I'm saying. I guess so. I don't know. Well, and also, like, Flacco makes me think a lot about 2010 after he won the Super Bowl. And that was when being a football fan was a lot of fun. Because the argument that you had was, is Joe Flacco really good or not? And now it's not. Now the big arguments about football are about, you know, the flag and the president. And now tackling. And now what's a catch? And what can you hit the quarterback? Is this actually a helmet helmet hit? And before, it used to be so pure. It was just... Do you think Joe Flacco's good or not? 
and now it's convoluted to you know everything else. So whenever it comes, he makes with- me nostalgic. Okay, <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to it as well. By the way, I always remember the one video I saw Wacko Flacco. He was like, "Do you remember when they did those fantasy videos to like say like draft yeah, yeah, me?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, either way, he he was on one of those videos and he did pull and did it a shot put and he literally hit the football with both of them. And I was like, "Well, that's kind of impressive." It made me always truly believe there was always something that he was. Was that hiding. real? I think it was real. Because I know Andre Johnson, he threw the ball to himself and caught it like 80 yards down the field. Yeah. Was that real? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any of those. Either... Or like that Powerade commercial, Michael Vick's on one knee in the back of the end zone, just throwing it 120 yards down the field. I think those Was are... that real? Wait. And they had that LeBron one where he shot the ball from the tunnel. Oh, wait. Are you talking about whenever? Was that real? What about when he played horse? I don't remember that one. The one where you did it from all the way on the yeah, other yeah, side yeah, of the court? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same. Yeah, the Kapari commercial. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that was real either. I don't think that one was real. I couldn't tell you. You know what? What is real in this day and age? I mean, reality is just a perception. I don't... We all have our own individual realities. You know what? Speaking of that, because you got all weird. Okay, so since it's, again, October and we're doing Halloween, I, I kid you not... The, the Ravens are a good house. No, 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 no. Don't, don't make me lose my train of thought here. Don't jump me on subject. Dude, the haunting at Hill House is just wonderful. It is just absolutely amazing. I've been Netflix addicted now because it's actually a season of just terrifying episodes. I've never been so scared, but I'm seven episodes deep, and it's been about 24 hours. See, I'll, I thought about watching it yesterday. Because I wanted to you know, watch them take a nap. I watched The Sopranos instead and watched an episode where this guy in the mob got a stripper of the strip club pregnant and then beat her with his bare hands and killed her. And I was like, you know, I don't think this show's funny at all anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you actually, whenever you started that show, you told me that you thought it was funny. Yeah. And you were expecting the humor to continue and oh, that forever. it was a comedy. Um. Sopranos. It's not very funny. <laughs> it's not. It's not funny at all, actually. Yeah, but so I'm. I want to see the new Halloween. I want to watch Halloween one. I want to watch Scream one, and I want to watch Paranormal Activity one. And then I'm Halloweened out this year. That's that's all the spookiness I can handle. I can handle five things. <laughs> five <laughs> things. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, oh come on! Fine thing, it's Halloween. Good, good lord! You know what? Either way, let's all right. Let's go to the Saints now. So obviously, when it came to the last game with the Saints, Drew Brees won the Super Bowl. They all had their celebration. Confetti came down. I mean, that's what happened last game before their bye week, is what I remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, were, were you watching? It seems so long ago. Like they, like two they weeks won. Is a long time. They ago. won the championship in that game. I've never seen such a big celebration. I get it. He's great. He's wonderful. But we're still talking about. The Emmett Smith one was even more extravagant when he broke the rushing record. I mean, come on. Because he was in Arizona, in Dallas when he broke it. And they stopped the game for like 35 minutes. We don't need this. <laughs> I just, I get it. It's a big record. Great. It's just, then we're showing highlights of him with his family. We're taking time away. Am I really that interested? No. Yeah. Are Saints fans interested? Probably. But that's why I do that at a later date where only they can see. Yeah. Either way, the Saints are a great team this year. They're on their way. I think way. they're going to get better, too. Me, too, because same thing whenever it comes to Atlanta, except I think they have a better shot at it, which is their defense just needs to become mediocre. 
which once and it was that, really good last year too. Exactly, which is why the fall off doesn't make sense. My question to you though is. Do you think Kamara is going to have a fall off now with Ingram? I think fantasy wise, for sure. Okay, because so they just won't, fantasy. They wise. won't use him in the. He's still going to be great, but he just won't be used as often, which is good for you know your running backs. You don't want to have running one running back get all the carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game was super interesting to me mainly because I think it's as opposite as you can have two teams uh, in the same league. So you have the Ravens, which are have a great their uh, pass defense is rated fifth in DVOA. Their run defense is rated third. Then their offense is rated seventh in the pass, 21st against the run. I can't believe their pass offense DVOA is that high. And you know, they're a, a defense first team. And then you have the Saints where they're third in uh, offensive DVOA, but their run defense is the worst in football. Or their run defense is the best in football, but their pass defense is 30th right now. And then their, off- their offense is you know great in general. So you have a team that's going to try these long drives, you know, run the ball, convert on third downs in the passing game, going against, going up against, you know, such a spectacular offensive team. And also it's a team that's struggled against the pass. And so, like, I think this is the game where if the Ravens win, they go from being a playoff team to Super Bowl contender in my eyes because it means Flacco can beat really good teams. So you don't think that Flacco in Baltimore is already there? No, they're not there yet. What? It's only been – Six games. They're four and two though, out of yeah. it, and it's like they're it's only been six legitimate games. teams though. This is the game though. If Flacco so you're can throw, this is your game for believing. Yeah, man, I actually I already have my belief. I think this is man. I I see this team going to AFC Championship. I would not be surprised if they go to the Super Bowl. Hell, I think I said Kansas City maybe going to AFC Championship. Either way. I think that Baltimore could knock off a New England team, even if it would be and at Foxborough. And they play New England really well. Yeah, I just well, it's because Flacco doesn't fear the Roethlisberger's or the Brady's, and it's because he's been with them for so long that he just goes, "I know what to do. I just have to keep throring the damn ball yeah. downfield." And he's thirty three too. Like, yeah, too, you can't be scared all anymore. No, and he it's like he feels nothing when it comes to those teams, which is the main difference, by the way, between Baltimore and Cincinnati. Which, as you saw, with Cincinnati losing to Pittsburgh, that's your problem. Yeah, you're, you're never going to be the team, and it's because you're either scared of them, you don't make the right moves, or somehow you always end up losing. Either way, though, Marvin Lewis, I hate you. I think for sure we'll have three NFC North playoff teams, and I think the Chargers are just going to blow it and be the Chargers. Who that's what the Chargers? Man, do. I have more faith in them than you. And as you can see by last week, I told you. I told you what was going to happen. I picked them to win, too. Whatever. My I score just thought was closer it, than your it, score. Your score was closer. Yeah, it's all that matters. I just thought it was going to be sillier. Uh, I'm so glad I don't watch the Browns play football still, <laughs> and I always will be. And I guess kind of the last thing I want to talk about for this game is for all these older quarterbacks. You have Breeze, you have Brady's, you have Rivers, you have Roethlisberger, you have Manning. Which one's your favorite? I'm going to say Rivers. And it's only because I love how much smack and shit talk that Rivers has behind him. Yeah. And also, I think he has seven kids. And he's going to have more, too. And he homeschools them. So he is preparing for something <laughs> I think he's big. super Catholic. Yeah. No, no, no. He is. I mean, super. But that's why it kind of doesn't make any sense because, yeah, he's super Catholic. And he's calling the guy right next to him a bitch. Yeah. So, <laughs> As long I don't as think he, the Lord likes that. As long as he goes to confession on Monday, he can say whatever he wants to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rivers is my favorite too. And I had talked about, I think, you know, last week, just like how angry he is, how red he gets. 
how he screams at everybody. <laughs> it's the meanest thing. I love how slow he is whenever he rolls out of the pocket. And just, like, those, like, weird sidearm passes he throws. And, like, he doesn't have any arm strength at all anymore. But still, the ball is super accurate. And when he steps up into it, he can throw it far enough, but without, like, the, the velocity that's needed. Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm just a gigantic fan. And I'm actually going to go back to this point with you because I, sw- I swear to God, what the hell is your score for this game? Well... I think the thing about this game is Baltimore's what their pass defense does. They play. I don't know how I much zone man play. Points. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I think they are. Uh, but I think what, one of the things that they do really well is they rush their front four and, and they blitz well too. But they kind of have those guys like their safety spies, and then they kind of pick up sacks as they kind of ebb and through through there. I think what they do defensively is not going to work against New Orleans, and so because of that, and because. That the fact that their run defense is so good, and even though their pass defense is bad, I think their pass defense can continue to get better. And I, as good as Flacco's been this year, I can't trust him all the way. So I'm going to New Orleans, and I have New Orleans winning 28-17. We are betting dinner on this game, because <laughs> I actually have something different. You already different. owe me. You already no, owe no, me. no, no, no. Irrelevant. That game doesn't matter. You don't yeah. have proof. Either way, I have something different in this. I have an extremely high-scoring game here, even at Baltimore. But I think Flacco's going to be going shot for shot. We're going to be doing <laughs> matching here. We're going to go shootout. I have Ravens 42. I have Saints 35. I have Baltimore. This is at Baltimore. Um, this game is going to prove to you and everybody else, Baltimore is the real deal. They are the team to fear in the AFC besides New England, obviously. Because I'll put it to you this way. If the Ravens were to go up against Kansas City right now, I think Baltimore would win. Hmm. I just truly believe in this team because of Wacko Flacco now. The defense was already there. You just needed this quarterback to believe. Now he has somebody on his ass. He is forced to believe. Yeah. And also, I did like last week, they they finally ran that Lamar Jackson run play. And it worked finally. They've run this there play like is. 15 times. And he had like a 20-yard rush. And that's the only time it's worked. And I don't think anybody dislikes doing what he does as much as Flacco does whenever he plays wide receiver. Like, he's just so pissed off and he's Oh, my God. He there. doesn't even move. Yeah, he it's, hates it so It's like, much. Flacco, can you at least, like, move, like, take a step forward, do something? He stands there and he's pissed and he's yeah. just like, give me the ball back now. Yeah. Yeah, he hates it so much. Taking then, my ball and going Like, home. and I try to think of something I hate as much as that, but I can't, you know? No. Like, my life's revolved completely, completely around not doing things I hate doing, and I've managed to do that pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel the same whenever I get told that I have to, like, clean something. Yeah, Maybe. I hate folding clothes. Maybe me folding clothes is to Flacco having so, a live wire So you're just standing there with that grimace look on yeah. your face, just angry at the world. Yeah. I have to do this. I hate you all. Because it never ends. You know what happens next week? You got to fold, fold the clothes again, you know? Why don't you just buy new clothes every single week? You're a millionaire, man. Mm, well, I did finish paying my student loans, so maybe. Whoa, bragging alert. Hello. Yeah. It feels good. It feels <laughs> I'm proud good. of you. Yeah, it feels good. It's like coming over like a really bad mental illness, you know? I don't think that's the same thing. Yeah. Well, I, it's like, maybe you know. It, maybe it's. Like, so, like maybe what type of mental illness we're referring to? Maybe like depression. Like I've been super depressed oh, good. before. Let's talk about depression. And it's kind of like, you know, like you're super depressed and all of a sudden you have that day, you're like driving your car and the radio sounds perfect and the sun's shining 
and you just feel happy to be alive again. That's what it was like. I say if you're depressed, watch The Haunting at Hill House. I promise you it will not make you more depressed. I may I may have to. Dude, you're going to be terrified. I may have to. Well, that's all we have for tonight. I think this dog is chewing on this TV remote I have, so I need to go check on that. Uh, and then for a quick recap, oh, good, it's just a deodorant, a stick of deodorant. So a quick recap for this game. For this week's uh, show, for Houston-Jacksonville, I have Jacksonville 2017. Picks against your own team. You have Jacksonville 24-21. Remember, I'm an analyst, Taylor. And for Dallas-Washington, I have Dallas 2013. You have Dallas 21-17. For Atlanta-New York on Monday Night Football, you I have Atlanta 34-17. You have Atlanta 38-17. And the rubber match here is Baltimore-New Orleans. I have Baltimore losing 28-17, and you have Baltimore winning 42-35. And by the way, I actually had uh, New York scoring 27 points. 27 points? 27 points. You know why? Because Saquon. Yeah, I have 38-27. Well, you said 17. I I picked 34-17. You know what? Now you're just confusing me. (laughs) (laughs) You just fell off the chair. (laughs) I'm sitting in the chair very strong. But it doesn't matter. This is a no-facts podcast. Anyways, thank you for listening to the show today. Uh, thank you for being on tonight. Here hanging out with me again, Taylor. My name is Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Bow Red Radio. Can't wait for next week. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.